This week is Catholic Schools Week, so we began last night with Trivia Night, which I hosted, and now this morning my voice is gone because I talked too much. I talked too much in general, but I talked too much last night specifically. But this is why we had the school kids do the readings at both the 8 and the 10.30, and I've been very impressed because you guys have done well, and it is not easy to get up here and read in front of people. I have probably preached 350 times as a priest, and I still get nervous every time. You guys are scary. I kid. Catholic Schools Week has made me think about sort of the role of theology, and especially the role of intellectual formation and the formation of hearts and minds among the people. The knowledge of God falls under the branch of what is called, of course, theology. And theology is made up of two Greek words, logia, which is, means the rational study of something or reasoning about something, and then theo, which is God. So the word literally means reasoning or the study of God. That's why St. Thomas called theology literally the science of God. And just as every science has a means by which they learn their truths, either the scientific method or observation or like physics will use math, so does theology have a medium by which it attains truths about God. And the medium is sacred scripture. So the theologian studies sacred scripture, which is the soul of theology, to know truths about God, the truths which God has revealed to us. And by and large, if I may speak sort of broadly, there's been two approaches to theology over the years. The early approach done by the early Christians and also nowadays by monks was to simply read sacred scripture and you would comment on it. If you wanted to teach, you would just comment on a various passage from scripture. Or if you wanted to learn, you would read scripture itself or you may read the commentaries. So like when Augustine wanted to teach his people, he would comment on the Psalms or on the first letter of John, or Jerome would comment on the Gospel of Matthew. You also see the early Christians, when they had to discuss a specific issue, they would just write a tractate or like a pamphlet. So Augustine, when he wanted to discuss specifically the Trinity, he just wrote a work specifically on the Trinity. But by and large, you taught theology by reading, commenting, and praying with sacred scripture. And over time, there was this desire to be a little more systematic, a little more organized. Because if you want to teach something specific and you're just commenting on scripture, you sort of have to just give, take what the page gives you. So like today, I couldn't speak about the Trinity because I have the Beatitudes. And so there was a desire for a more systematic, organized approach. And this became popular in the 12th and the 13th centuries where they would organize theology around specific topics. And so if you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you will see it's divided into various parts. The first part, you have the Creed, and it just goes right through the Creed. You have the Our Father, and it just goes right through the Our Father. You have the Ten Commandments, and it goes right through the Ten Commandments. That is more of what I call the scholastic approach. But whatever way the theologian takes, and there are pros and cons to both ways, I think, the goal of theology was always to form minds that you could know God better. And the reason you wanted to know God better, to have a greater knowledge of God, was so that you could love him more. And I always use sort of the stock example that the reason you all have favorite foods and the reason that you know you like a specific food is because you have tasted it. 
I would not know that I like pizza if I had never tasted it. Although you could describe pizza to me and I would say, I think I would like that. But you have to taste it first. You have to know what pizza is in an experiential way so that you can love it, right? And the same thing goes with God. God is ultimately not an abstract idea. He's a reality. He's a divine person. And so in order to love him more, you have to know him more. You have to get to know him. And that was the point of theology, to know God so that you could love God more and more. And it was always recognized that theology can't be a merely academic exercise. Again, God is not an abstract idea. He is a concrete and divine person. And the best way to get to know a person is to spend time with the person. And so the theologian must pray and he must spend time with God. You can read lots of biographies of Winston Churchill, and I have read lots of biographies on Winston Churchill, but it does not replace actually knowing Winston Churchill and spending time with him. That remains the best way to get to know him. And so that is the same with God. We can study and we should study so that we can know him better, but ultimately we have to spend time with him in prayer and we have to have encounters with him through the sacraments and through prayer. There's also the notion in theology that if you know God, and so you love God, and you want to spend all eternity with God, God has given us sort of a, a roadmap to attain that ultimate end, the kingdom of heaven. And you see that in today's gospel with the Beatitudes. Jesus is sort of laying out, if you want to spend all eternity with God, if you want to be happy, then do these things, be poor in spirit, be meek, etc. So theology would guide us back to our heavenly homeland. In relation to sort of Catholic schools, or at least to our kids, parents have always been under the moral obligation to pass on the faith to their children. If you think about it, humans have a natural desire to hand things on to future generations. That's why we will things down, right? We want others to inherit things. And yet the most precious thing any of us possess is the knowledge and love of God. And so we want to hand that on. Just as you brought forth natural life, so you should bring forth supernatural life in the hearts and the minds of your children. You also know, because you've been around children, or some of us have been around seminarians, that we tend to learn slowly, people in general, seminarians especially, but we tend to learn slowly, and formation takes a long time. That is why Dominic has six years to study to be a priest. That's why I had six years in seminary, even though I probably should have had 12, but six years is what they gave me. It takes time. It takes time to learn things. It takes time to inculcate good habits. And so we have to start teaching the faith as quickly as possible. We have to teach the knowledge, the love of God, and good action and holiness from a young age so the kids can grow throughout their life, take a step back, two steps forward, etc., and grow in sanctity. I find it interesting sometimes in the modern world that people will balk at sort of teaching the faith to their children. They try and excuse themselves from it. They will often say, well, I want my child to decide for themselves when they're older. You don't need to worry about that. Your, your child will decide for themselves anyways. But I also find it strange because if we don't teach the faith, then in fact we have made a choice for our child. We have told them this isn't important, so I'm not going to teach it to you. 
And I also find it strange because if you think about it, we don't do this in the natural order. When I was growing up, my mom and dad, they taught me manners, right? They didn't think to themselves, well, let's not teach Kevin any manners for 18 years. And when he's an adult, he can decide whether or not he wants to be polite or rude. They understand that, no, you should teach your kid manners so that that's the right thing to do. And your child should learn the right thing. And so they teach them manners. The same thing goes with the various sciences. No one ever let me decide whether or not two plus two equals four. It's, it's right and it's true. And so we will teach it. And that's what we must do in the supernatural order. We teach our children on the natural order and we form them, but we also have to teach them in the supernatural order, the truths of the faith. I always say that back in the day, I thought the church used to do truth, beauty, and goodness better than any institution in the Western world. And throughout the times of the church, sometimes we kind of forget our identity, and then we fall away and we stop doing truth, beauty, and goodness, and then we have to have a renewal. We have to get back to those things, to beauty, to goodness, and to truth. And it ultimately starts at the home. My job is to teach you, but your job is to teach your kids and your grandkids in the many and various ways in which you do it. You take them to Mass. You take them to confession. You teach them the Our Father. You re read scripture with them. In many ways, you just love them. That is teaching what God should look like. You love them as best as you can. You instruct them. And in this way, the faith gets handed down generation after generation, and we form the hearts and the minds of the young people. And however we do that, whether we send them to school, whether we go to the rooted program, however it is, that is our obligation to hand down the most precious thing which we possess, which is the knowledge and love of God.